you came out tonight early, aggressive. What was different for you tonight in terms of just setting the tone with your game in this game? Both. 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 This is Orange Ball Juice, the show where I make my two teenage sons co-host a basketball podcast with me so they can tell their dad what to think about the NBA and hopefully help me win my fantasy pool. So, without further ado... Ball. Welcome to Orange Ball Juice, always fresh, never toxic, b-ball blabber. My name is Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by my two household NBA analysts, my teenage sons, Spencey G and Marky Man. How you doing, Marky Man? Doing good. How you doing, Spencey? Pretty good. <laughs> okay, well, first things first, I want to shout out the uh, Confederacy of Dunks podcast hosted by Freddie Rivas. Uh, Freddie invited us on the show this past Tuesday, uh, the day after the Nuggets won the championship. We had a blast talking about the NBA Finals, Raptors, and hearing all of producer Matt Duncan's crazy sound bites, which was a lot of fun. It was our first time as guests on another basketball podcast. So what did you guys think about, Spencey, what did you think about being a guest as opposed to being a host of a po- basketball podcast? Um, it's, I had to say it's more similar than I thought it would be. <laughs> you still got headphones on talking into a mic, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's actually, a, to me, I was like, there's a little less pressure on me, yeah. even though I think a lot of people would say otherwise. Yeah. What did you think, Marky Man? Uh, yeah, it was pretty similar. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I think because for how we prep for this one is similar to what happens Mm -hmm. because I, I'm the one who sends you guys topics and things to think about before we come on. And Freddie sent us topics and things to think about before we came on. I felt a little, I, it was different for me. It's easier. It was kind of, not easier isn't the word, but like I felt more, Oh, someone else is filling in all the blanks and that posing the questions. Okay, it was a little bit different, but it was a lot of fun. I like, uh, you know, it was great um, to talk, especially at such a key time in the season. Like right the day after the, the finals, we got to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, the Nuggets Heat series, and uh, of course they they focus on Raptors. They're part of um, Confederacy of Dunks is part of the Raptors Republic podcast network so pretty raptors focused podcast but of course you know the raptors haven't been in the news that much um certainly not at all during the playoffs so except for the plan but um it was great we had a lot of fun and uh yeah we'd love to do it again and hopefully we'll have uh, freddie as a guest on this podcast at some point in the not too distant future all right, so if anyone out there is interested in hearing us uh, on the Confederacy of Dunks podcast uh, on Raptors Republic Podcast Network, search it up, you'll find it. Now, today is Sunday, June 18th, 2023. So anyone who knows anything about basketball knows that the, the Denver Nuggets won their first championship, winning Game 5 at home, 94-89 against the Miami Heat. So congrats to the Nuggets, and better luck next time to the Heat. So let's put a capper on the 2023 NBA playoffs. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? So last week when we we did this, it was only four games were in the can, and we we all felt pretty much like the Nuggets looked like they were going to do it. Game five was pretty ugly, as you guys recall. Like, you know, as we noted when we were talking to Freddie, um, even though the Nuggets were having a terrible game at that, you know, they were playing probably arguably their worst half of the playoffs, the first half. And then yeah. at the half, they're only down by seven, which is kind of, to me represents, well, that's why they're a good team. Cause even when they're playing not well, they still find a way to hang around. It's like they're the, 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 the heat were just not able to run away with that game. Um, so, What's your what's your just main takeaway from that Nuggets Heat series, Marky Man? Um, just I think that it was kind of a reality um, check for the Heat because they're just not. I don't think there's not good enough. I mean, yeah, the Nuggets were just. I mean, they didn't. <clears throat> they didn't really have. They didn't take their foot off the gas. So, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't too. It wasn't too entertaining of a series because you know. I think it was this, just the difference in the teams was too great. But yeah, I mean, the second game was 
definitely the most exciting because obviously yeah. Miami won in Denver and it made everyone think for a brief moment that maybe it was going to be a real series. Um, no. Turned out not to be the case. Any major takeaways for you, Spency? Uh, yeah, nothing other than the Nuggets are the, clearly the best team in the league. Yeah. And I think you can't <clears throat> say otherwise. And Jokic is the real MVP. Yeah. Hey, did you ever find out, Marky Man, if he did, he lost the finals MVP trophy, right? Like I heard. Yeah. Um, did he find it again? I have no clue. I he probably. Did. Yeah. I supposedly he like left it in like the assistant coaches, like broom or something something weird yeah. so I, i'm it's for sure back well then. i think what's kind of funny is if you do when you win a trophy especially like a personal trophy like that mm-hmm. it's like somebody hands you this really heavy thing and they're like here it's yours you're like yeah and then you pose for the cameras and you have it and then you're walking around with it and you're like i can't believe you know you're happy to have it or whatever and after all the photos are done and everything else now it's like okay what i what do i actually do with this thing because yeah. he's going to go celebrate with his teammates and talk to his family and it's like is he just going to carry it around the whole time or <laughs> yeah. and so I think yeah he probably just was like oh, I just want to put this thing down for a bit and then yeah, yeah. Um, well I'm, I hope if it hasn't been found yet I hope it's been found but anyway it doesn't matter the trophy means nothing the point is unquestionably he was the finals MVP I don't think anyone would have picked anyone else no. Um and if they did, they they have an agenda. There's no doubt he was the best player in the finals. Um, so, like you say, uh, Marky, man, it was a reality check for the Heat. Um, fun fact about the Heat, you guys may know this, uh, they were only this only the second eighth-seeded team to reach the NBA Finals, um, other than the, the, the 99 New York Knicks. And they're also, of course, the first play-in team to make the finals since the play-in was introduced, which was only in 2021. Do you think this is the new reality for, you know, the the modern NBA where there's, you know, other than the Nuggets who we've discussed our potential dynasty or, or, or whatever, which we talked about last week. Do you think that it's going to be th- this kind of situation where maybe one of the conferences, at least there's no clear favorite and, you know, the difference between the number one and and the number eight aren't that much. And there's going to be these Cinderella stories happening more often. What do you think, Marky? Uh, yeah, I think that could for sure happen. Um, I, I could see it happening more in the next like five years mm-hmm. because they're, they're especially in, other than the nuggets in the West, there isn't like, a team that I could see being like extremely good. So, I mean, I think, yeah, the, the standings are going to be super close in like a one week span. The eight seed could jump to the, like the two seed, but yeah, but maybe it will just be seen as of not really a Cinderella story. If that's the case. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's just, that's just how it is now. Like, yeah, there's just more, it's just more competitive. I think, <clears throat> do you think that has to do with the fact that the league is more offensive minded um, now or uh, and that or do you think it's just a matter of players move around too much? You know, what do you think, Spencey? Uh, I think it's a lot of things. I think teams as a whole are all, like more lazy because of the play in where it doesn't feel like the regular season uh, matters as much. And all teams are just convinced or at least a lot of them, that they are just a top team no matter where they're seated. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, so, but I also think that that can lead to, like, garbage kind of things, well, you, playoff time, like yeah. the Warriors. Yeah, you have a culture you know, of mediocrity in the regular season, right. knowing that you're gonna you're still better than the bottom feeders, you're going to squeak in, and then you're going to show how great you are once you get there. Yeah. But obviously... In the West, that did not work. No, it didn't work. <laughs> like that's why the Nuggets were the best. They were the best in the regular season, and they're best in the playoffs because they're very cohesive. Yeah, and like they just wanted to be the best team the whole time. They didn't just settle for a yeah. mediocre record. Yeah, personally, I hope other teams take that to heart. I mean, the truth is, you can't. You can. I mean, let's let's be honest. The Nuggets developed this team, and yeah. you know, Jokic was a second round pick. <laughs> when he was drafted 41st overall or something. And now he's like 
people are talking about him as one of the greatest players of all time. Mm -hmm. So obviously they found a diamond in the rough and then with Murray and overcoming the injury and like that two man game and all, and they're, you know, all the other players too. I like that. There's a team that won that we all say, Hey, this team was built from the ground up, developed well, and now they're this great team. They have a chance to be a dynasty. Now, I guess other teams were, are like, hey, we tried. It didn't work, so we got to bring in. You got to make a big trade or whatever. And, of yeah. course, that's always going to be part of it. But this culture of superstars just being like, I'm bored like and bailing yeah. and going to another team, I kind of like that that seems to be failing. That doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be like a magic, you know, there's no there's no individual player who's so great that they can just bounce to a team and just turn them into a championship contender. I mean, they can make them better, yeah. but you know, I think teams just need time to build to like develop, um, as just like for years, I don't think like a team, a player could just come in halfway through the season and then automatically yeah. have like amazing yeah. team chemistry. Yeah. If you look at all the championship teams, the majority of them, sure, there might be one or two really good players that were brought in a little later, but most of them, I feel like the majority of the team was there for years and it yeah. was built. Yeah. Like the Raptors championship. Yeah. Bucks, um, the Nuggets, the Warriors. Yeah. Like the teams that are yeah. good and consistently good. Uh, and yeah, it seems that's the case. Mm hmm. Yeah. When was, I mean, I wonder when, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how you would measure this, but I wonder when the last time that like a real sort of, I mean, maybe the Lakers, Lakers. are the last time like a sort of cobbled together <clears throat> team yeah. um, won. But that was also a very special case because it was the bubble and all of that. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to think about that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, one thing that's sort of weird um about this whole, yeah, this whole situation that we find ourselves in with the NBA, it's, 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 it is like, this was a really unpredictable season. And yet, um, you could argue a very predictable thing happened where a, t a team, one team established themselves as the best regular season team. And then they just like consistently rode into the playoffs. So, you know, maybe it's not as unpredictable as we think. And maybe in the East had, had, um, um, had Giannis not gotten injured, maybe we would have seen something similar, you know, yeah. maybe they would have, they were the number one team in the NBA. Maybe had he remained healthy, um, maybe things would have been very different and we would have seen a similar thing happening in the East with yeah. the Bucks getting to the final. Um, but again, that's, what's great about, about all sports is that you don't know. And uh, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. All right. So, um, just a couple other things um, I wanted to mention before we get into our to our next uh, bit that I, I want to talk a little bit more detail about Jokic and Murray. But as we know, another amazing thing about this finals, it was in game three, uh, Jokic and Murray, they were the first um, team teammates to record a triple-double in the NBA finals and the first teammates to both get 30-point triple-doubles in any game in, in NBA history. Um, and then the most, perhaps the most amazing stats so far as uh Jokic became the first player in NBA history to put up at least 500 points 250 rebounds and 150 assists in a single postseason run so arguably the greatest single playoff performance of all yeah. time he's also the first player in NBA history to to lead the league in points rebounds and assists in a single postseason so in every all the major statistical categories he was number one for the yeah. playoff run so um taking all of that into consideration. Big Honey, Cookie Monster, Yoke, Big Tipper, all of those are nicknames for Nikola Jokic. I didn't know that until today, but they are. Where, Marky Man, where do you, where do you rank Jokic all time um, for centers at this point? Let's look, like, I mean, he's now NBA champion, um, finals MVP, two-time league MVP, uh, 2015, 2016, all rookie team, uh, five time all NBA. And I believe, uh, a five time all-star, but I can't remember, um, how many times he's been the all-star. So where does he rank in your mind? Yeah. I, among centers. Um, nothing past 10. I mean, maybe nothing like, past whoa, 10. Wow. Whoa. So who would you rank? Who are you like ranking that. ahead of him? 
you're ranking Shaq, you're ranking, yeah. you know, Kareem, right? Kareem, Bill Russell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like but, so, the all the time Hall of Famers are still. You think he has to like? Well, yeah. I, he could like he could be he could be a bit like he could be more like six or five, but like. I, I think there he needs to be in the league for longer. There's just something weird about just for me, just like putting him at like fourth best all time. That just doesn't feel right. Sure. He need, I think he just needs some more all stars on his yeah plate and like yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean I would I agree with you because he's only 28. He's got a lot of basketball left in him, and I think like if they win, let's say they win two more, then all of a sudden you know in a row or something like that, and they three beat or whatever suddenly the conversation will change. And even if they don't, if they just go deep and he still puts up those kinds of numbers that he's been putting up for a few more seasons, then just stat-wise, you know, he's going to get up there. Um, I think the thing that changes the conversation for me is just this fact that he basically had the greatest postseason of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that... When you you look at it in that that way, it kind of changes how you the equation uh, but where do you put him Spency? yeah like i once he's at the end of his career i think he'll be higher <clears throat> but i have him at sixth okay right now so who's above him kareem shack wilt hakeem and bill russell okay yeah. but by the end of his career like if he maintains this and let's say he gets like two more championships yeah he realistically could be top two top three like beating surpassing kareem is gonna be the hardest yeah um like just based on sheer points yeah but like i do think it's possible yeah but he could end up i mean he could end up being like if he has a long career and marky man you you seem to think that he could have a long career because of his style of play and what do you mean by that well i just like um just the way he plays is maintainable because he's not like sprinting around the court, getting blocks and like dunking all over the place. He's just like basically walking up the court, getting the ball in the middle, doing a pivots for like 25 seconds and then just tipping it in for like a weird floater. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does, it's similar to like Kareem as a lot of people, someone, uh, uh, Rick Loiza and his podcast, um, Basketball History 101, which I really like, he pointed out that the reason that Kareem was so durable and lasted so long was because he, you know, he could dunk like a maniac early in his career, but he stopped doing that mm-hmm. and he took care of his body and then he developed the skyhook, right? So by developing that shot, which was really effective and guys couldn't really defend against it. He could put in a lot of points, but it's not hard on the body. And the same way as like posting up and like going like for a contested dunk where you're getting like really worn out, as you say, Marcus, or, or really high impact explosive game. He's not relying on that. He's relying on those. Yeah. Like you say, the little pivot and the little, the little flick shot that he does, you know, in the paint and they just always go in. And obviously his, his, prowess as a as a you know a playmaker you know that is the other thing for a big man is probably maybe unprecedented um maybe only i mean i don't know who else you could compare him to as a playmaker in terms of centers that's what kind of sets him apart yeah um but anyway if he has a long career which he probably which if he has sort of yeah then i think he he certainly will be in the conversation, maybe in terms of like he'll be on the leaderboard for assists almost certainly if mm-hmm. he keeps playing like this. Points is a little different because he doesn't really look to score. Yeah. But still, if he's healthy, he will be high up there on points uh, well, too. Yeah, easily. Yeah. So I, yeah, now where do you think he rank? Like now, let's say, let's say best case scenario, and he just keeps on this kind of pace and puts, has like another 10 seasons more or less at this level. Where does that put him? in all-time players forget centers just like all time like how and it's hard to rank him against guys like jordan and kobe i realize but where well i don't even know i don't know if Co- he did kobe's not even really in my top 10 okay well where do you where would you put him marky man like if he keeps playing at this level and truly has a long career where do you think he's going to rank all time where do i think he's going to rank or where do i think he is right now no i'm just saying we're, we're projecting to the future okay. because he, it's hard to rank guys against all time when you know look at LeBron he's the all-time scorer like 
he he has a pretty good lock on you know greatest of all time at this point in my opinion um although that's uh, debatable but where do you think a player like Jokic if he keeps playing at this level for a long time do you think that that's going to put him you know in that upper echelon of top 5 top 3 yeah i i think he could very well be top 5 all time for sure yeah what do you think Spencer? yeah i think so too i think i don't think he could it's just weird because like his style of play is not very like it's not super technical and so that's why i think that people are so hesitant to say he's better than he is because like like what jordan does obviously is insane right yeah the athleticism and the footwork and all that yeah so it's just kind of like but if you just look at the numbers yeah he could be top yeah top three i also think though like i don't think Jokic like said himself i don't think he he doesn't love basketball I don't yeah. think he actually likes it even that much. Like <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I it's think, hard. He yeah. literally said like nobody likes her job, implying that he doesn't even. Like I'm sure his he job. doesn't yeah. like the so, stuff outside of the actual game. Yeah, I think he. Exactly. I think you're exactly right, Spencer. I think especially when he brings that stuff up in interviews, and to me, it's code for I don't love having a microphone in my face and having to do all this talking after I finish mm-hmm. playing. I think a lot of the trappings of the sport are like he understands it's part of his job. And I think he likes them less. I think he does like the game of basketball. I think he likes to emphasize, as many of the greats do, and you know, people like Kareem are the same way. That, bat, and, and a lot of great players will say this: like basketball doesn't define them. That's not who mm-hmm. they are as people. Like that, yeah, they're great players, but they have a life and they have interests and they have outside of the sport. And I think that also helps in, in certain personality types helps them be great at the sport is by mm-hmm. saying to themselves, I'm not like, I don't need, this isn't, this doesn't define me. I'm not going to die if I, if I don't, you know, win yeah. this game, but it's like, more just this attitude. Of, and that just allows them to, they they know objectively that they're great. You know what I yeah, mean? But, it, but it, it's just weird because like Jokic like didn't even seem to like care at all when he won the final. <laughs> oh, I know it was great. Like, it really cracked me up because he's just like. But honestly, for me, it honestly made me a bit angry. Yeah, but he. I mean, he just doesn't like, get riled up. Like, just, that's just yeah. him. But like, it's yeah. just like, like his teammates. I said it too. Like, they love him, but like they don't think he care. He loves the game like in the slightest. Yeah. Which well, I, mean, I don't. But know. It just, I don't know about in the slightest because if you don't love the game in the slightest, then you're not gonna. But well, I mean, he's make. I th- like he's making so much money. Sure. So. Well, also, like, it's just, it's just if like, you're a giant, an absolute giant as a child, and then everybody's like, yeah. you know, you should probably pay, play basketball and you could become, you know, you're going to be a massive person. You might as well try your best to get yeah. good at basketball and you'll become a millionaire. You're like, okay, I guess I will. I mean, so I understand I, in that sense, like some guys that seems like it's part of their destiny, but he could be very well off. He doesn't have to be the best player in the NBA. He could have a different personality type and just well, be like, I'm, I'm good that, enough to like come off the bench and be like a second center and I'm huge. Like, Or maybe he just like retires in two years because he has enough that, money. I think that, doesn't. yeah. Or he, one of those guys that's like, I don't want to wreck my body. And like after, you know, he gets to a point where in his early thirties and he feels like my feet hurt, I'm not doing this anymore. Like that's, of course yeah. we don't know. And somebody wrote um, on Twitter that really made me laugh. It was like during his post game press conference like you say where he wasn't very excited they were like how does it feel to be an nba championship and he was like good yeah and uh they said this made me realize that when he retires from basketball we'll never hear from him ever again (laughs) and i feel like it's true it'll be like first plane back to serbia like on his horse farm or whatever that'll just be it and i i don't know and what do you guys think about that in terms of a lot of the big greats like all-time greats really weren't part of well, you don't. You, were, you never hear about Michael Jordan. Like, ever. Well, exactly. Jordan never like. He's not an analyst. Uh, Kareem didn't do that. Um, you know, a lot of the great players, um, just for whatever reason, they don't want to be around it in that way after they retire. Yeah. No, Jordan was a, is an owner, um, and he well, won't not anymore. anymore. He just sold, he's selling the Hornets, but, but but like in the sense of like media, 
Yeah, they just don't. They just don't want to be public figures in that way anymore. They did. They had to do it, and then they just. That's not their personality, so they they're relieved to not have to do it anymore. Um, all right. So, so let's. Do you think? I mean, yes or no? Are the Nuggets the favorite to win next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Um, and the Heat. What are they like? Obviously, they're a really good team. I, it wasn't a fluke. I think they showed enough, even in the final. Like, they were tenacious in all those games, even mm-hmm. though they're just not as good as the Nuggets. But yeah. they're probably not as good as any, like, with the exception of the Knicks, they're probably not as good as Boston or uh, the Bucks either, yeah. right? It seems like, yeah. So what is it that they need to put them over Well, the it seems like they're trying to make a move for Lillard or Beal, like, yeah. right now. Yeah. I, I think it's like a, yeah, pe- they're like a, a possible package they're for Lowry and Oladipo for Beal or something. Yeah. Uh, that's who they need. They just need another good player. That's you think it's just like mm-hmm. one more, like, yeah. what do you think, Spencey? I, like, mm-hmm. realistically, when their injured players come back, it's almost like I feel like that's what they need. Because Hero, like, he averages like 20. Right, yeah, he's that huge burst of energy off the bench. Oladipo is big. They need size. Yeah, that's what they that, need. They were exposed for being undersized Oladipo against the like if, if like you had six two Oladipo. Oladipo, I thought he was like he's like know. a point guard. I forgot what he looks like. What? Yes, <laughs> no, he is not. Yes, he is. Got to be at least six five. Look him up right now. Anyway, I agree that they need size, um, and. Because the, I thought, especially against the Nuggets, yeah, um, like that became a factor. Okay, maybe I'm forgetting all deep around. He's six three. Oh, okay. Well, they don't need him. They need <laughs> yeah. Like if you could even put Bam at the four and get like a solid center who's like pretty reliable, then I think they could be really good. Yeah. And but if I guess they don't really have. Like, is Jimmy really a point guard? Like, realistically, should he be a point guard? Well, obviously, if they're trying to get Dame, then things are going to change. Yeah, because I think he's more, he could be, like, he should be a small forward in my Yeah, opinion. he is kind of, that's more his vibe. And yeah. if they're going to lose Lowry, and I guess they will be losing him anyway because he's pretty old, then if they can yeah. bring in an older player, that's probably smart. Like, Kyle and Oladipo for... Like, I guess Beal, I guess that'd be good. I guess that'd be good. Yeah. I'm surprised that no one has thought about, you know, Siakam going to the Heat or even, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I did, like, I just, I do think they're close. I think you can pretty much identify exactly their weak points. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea to just plop in someone that doesn't really necessarily. Yeah. Like, just, just a good player. Like sometimes I feel like that can be risky. Yeah, I feel like they're well coached well enough that they they probably have a really good idea about how to improve the formula. But you're right with like all these guys now that have these the you know the undrafted players, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Robinson Struess, like they've shown they're capable of being good players. Now, granted, they all some of them had bad games, but you know whatever. They nonetheless, like Gabe Vincent and uh, Caleb Martin, just those two alone had monster games for them in their playoff, like throughout the playoffs that that were game changers. So some of these kind of role players, you know, their style of basketball is very much a team game. Bam's been playing great. Like it feels like they could, you know, make a run but it's again like they can't afford to just squeak into the plan no they have to be better they why put yourself in that position they have to be you know they have to finish higher yeah actually siaka might be a good idea because he's not really like i do think they need more of a force in the paint yeah well they were like i think they were like the lowest scoring team in the nba or something in the regular season they 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 obviously need offense but they don't need that i mean but Clearly, that's not a. That's not. They had a formula that for success in the playoffs that was fine, and they became I, a different yeah. team. It was very weird. So, but it collapsed. Uh, so, fun. like this just happened. Miami offered Kyle, has offered Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, and multiple first round picks for Bradley Beal. Right. So, that's a know. lot. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't, I, I don't know enough about Bradley Beal, but that seems like a, that seems like a big yeah. offer. I mean, Duncan didn't play very well, and Kyle's old. So switching gears a bit to, um, I want to talk about Jamal Murray. As we know, we're big fans of his because he's he's from here where we live and uh, a great Canadian. I would argue that's the greatest Canadian performance in an NBA playoffs run, leading to a championship and. He just knocked off the contender, and probably the previous one was last year was Andrew Wiggins with um, the uh, the Golden State Warriors because Wiggins was very much instrumental in that playoff run for them. Some people I even remember at the time said he deserved to be, um, you know, uh, I don't know if final. I don't know if he was in the running for Finals MVP, but he was absolutely a key piece of that championship team. Yeah. So I think you could argue that that was the greatest. Um, performance in the playoffs by a Canadian was Wiggins last year. But I think now, without a doubt, you'd have to say the 2023 Nuggets championship with Jamal Murray it's, is the greatest um, performance by a Canadian in a, in a, in a playoff run, in a final, um, in a championship run. Because um, there really there aren't that many others. So um, actually I meant, to add, I meant to look that up because I think there's six all time Canadians who have won NBA championships. And I was going to try to, there's been a lot in the last few years. Yeah. There's been a lot of guys in the, obviously in the playoffs and, you know, but I think there's been six, I think Jamal became the sixth and I can't remember. Um, uh, should be Jamal, um, Wiggins, Wiggins, Boucher, Boucher. That's right. Tristan Thompson. Yeah. I think, one of them that I didn't realize he was Canadian. I think one is uh, Bill Wennington, who was on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. He was like a he was like a bench guy for the Bulls, like a center. Did Nash ever win? No, no. I can't remember who the other guy is. But anyway, um, it could be like it was another guy on the Raptors. Was O'Shea Brichette on that winning team? Yeah, it could have been another like a bench guy on the Raptors or something. But anyway, um, I I'm just I'm willing to say Jamal Murray is the greatest. Uh, I mean, when it's all Canadian said and done, player? he may. Well, I think right now he's the. He, uh, there's no doubt he's the greatest the current. Well, Canadian. I mean, Shay Shay has got to be still better. Than well, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm just saying. I'm talking about active players. Like, we'll see, and, and it's between him and Gilgis Alexander. I would say because uh, Gilgis Alexander is like on Gilgis. is pretty crazy skilled. Like they in have, the regular season, Gilgis Alexander is better than Jamal Murray. But he's also so expected to be because so of far. his role on the team, and they haven't done anything yet in terms of. Yeah, but I mean, anyway. But this, this he averaged thirty. Like he's yeah. I, oh, I yeah, think he's still yeah. better. Well, this is and this is the debate we're about to to get into is a lot of people. There's been a lot of talk about how you how do you judge Jamal Murray as a as a point guard or as a guard generally. Again, not really a classic point guard role on the Nuggets. Um, he does handle the ball a lot when he's on the floor, but obviously his entire career is defined by his relationship with Jokic, right? And that the two-man game is, is what defines them to a large degree. So my question for you, Marky, is um, first of all, who do you think is the number one point guard in the NBA? I think... <laughs> um, it's hard. I, well, give me who between you like it's between like just give me some candidates if not okay, a single guy. John Morant. Okay. Uh, Kyrie, Lillard, Curry, and like Doncic. Doncic is the best though. Okay, so those are your top, basically your top five. So yeah. then, where does Jamal Murray fall on this list of best? Point I'd goals? say Jamal falls in like ninth. Okay. Or eighth. Ninth or eighth, and what about you, Spencey? Um, well, I have Doncic first. Okay. And then Curry, Dame, uh, Trey, Shea, Kyrie, and then Murray. Okay. I would say, I mean, what's kind of a bit weird is like... So you don't have Morant there? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't... He's very, he's, he's close with, with Jamal. I mean, only, um, you know, the funny thing about, okay. as we, as we know... The, the definition of positions in the NBA is a little different than it used to be. Um, 
Doncic is not a traditional point like, guard by any, you know, should be small the, forward. Yeah, you like know, what's his? He, yeah. He's sort of, and then now with he's playing with Kyrie, it's like, is he even a point guard? Like at that when they're on the floor together, yeah. you know? I feel like, yeah. well, like why isn't why, why, why not? Guard, right? and, and why not just call you know at this? Why not just call LeBron a point guard too? You know, I mean, I'd like, say call Jokic a point guard, like. He yeah, runs the offense. Exactly. Can you call Jokic a point guard? He's not. He takes the ball up the floor and runs the offense, offense from the top of the key. But he's seven yeah. foot tall, so you just can't do it. You just can't call him point guard. Well, this is, and herein lies the problem. And now, here's the other problem with trying to put Jamal Murray on the list. As I just said, A, he was injured for a long time. B, there's like regular season Murray versus, you know, yeah. playoff Murray. And C, he is defined by the relationship with Jokic, right? So if you take Jamal Murray and put him on a different team and give him the responsibilities as point guard, like what happens? Like, what do you, do you think he, like what happens to his game? Does he be, is he skilled enough to, can he, does he have enough tricks and as a ball handler, do you think he'd still be an elite level player? Do you think he would redefine himself on a different team? Can you judge him that way? Wait, sorry, who? Jamal Murray. Yeah. That's okay. That's what I thought. That's who we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah sure you i mean think, i think he could like have a different role and do you think his ranking would go up or down if if say there was like some for whatever reason I, he I, got traded which would never is not gonna happen i think it would actually i think in terms of points it could go up or down i mean most likely it would go up i think if yeah, he yeah. just because like i don't think he feel like he doesn't need to score that many points no he's their scorer he's probably their like or second score on the team behind Jokic, but yeah, like well, everybody he, else on that on that lineup can score the ball, and he don't. I don't think he's like he's has a, like an urgent need to like always score. No, but that I would people. I mean, and I think earlier like, in his career, he, that was more his thing. He yeah. would just like his whole point, the whole and, game and now, was yeah, scorer. And now he's put in. Well, he's put in the game. I, he he plays like kind of by the quarter, I guess. I guess you'd say that, like he, or actually it would be the opposite. He just like in the second quarter, he'll have like 24 points. Yeah. And then he'll drop off. And then in the fourth quarter, he'll have like 13 points or something. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to know what he would be like on a different team. But I, it, one thing that was pretty obvious is that even, you know, it's his job sort of say if Jokic gets into foul trouble for him to run the offense. And he, he like averaged, I think, more than 10 assists per game in the finals. Wasn't he averaging like twenty seven points or like he was averaging in the finals? A lot. He averaged twenty one point six or something. <clears throat> yeah, but the point is, he did. Well, he well, had at least well, one well. game over thirty. No. He had, you know, but he has established himself as you know an in- incredible playmaker, and he obviously has incredible vision out there. So, I think weirdly he's underrated. People think he's just this kind of like sleeper guy that just comes alive in the in the postseason. And if I'm if you know if I'm the Nuggets, I'm like fine. You know, <laughs> that's, you know, we're good enough. We got enough talent. We can finish number one. And then one of our best players becomes even better in the postseason. Great. You know, that's like a winning formula. And yeah. do you think, had he never been injured, do you think this is the first championship or do you think they'd have multiple right now? Mm. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, difficult. It's, too, it's too hard to say. Well, of course. But Maybe I mean, they'd have one. Yeah. But they it would have been... Together. Maybe last it would have been harder, I think. Yeah. Like if we go two years back, I don't think I don't think so. Yeah. Last year they probably would have had it. I also chance. think I also think, and this is just you know armchair psychology, but I think Jamal he talks about how hard it was for him. Like you know, when you are like this great player and you get hurt and you're hurt really bad and you are faced with this reality of, you know months and months and months to get back and you always have that doubt in your mind can I be as good as I was can I be as good as I was and you have to work so hard I think your outlook on everything changes and it becomes mm-hmm. you know life is short NBA career is very short like do you want like he probably was mature enough to recognize like we for real have a chance to be champions and those chances don't come that often and I think it maybe changed his outlook on you know and, and maybe change the whole team's outlook of like we have a real chance here to be to be great and to win for real, yeah. and they've fallen short in the past, and they're just like we're not falling short this time, you know. And that included him. 
And wow. I think that attitude will care will continue to carry through, and they're going to be a dangerous team for years to come. Anyway, enough about the nuglets, um, because I think it's time to talk a little Raptors. Ciao, I'm Pasquale. Welcome to my kitchen. In this house, we call Pascal Siakam Chef Pasquale because spicy pea is what happens when you use the toilet after chopping jalapenos. All right. New coach. Coach Darko. Now, that's his first name, but I just know that he'll be called Coach Darko forever. Uh, Ryakovic, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. I could be wrong. Um, I'll get get that right um, at a later date. But Coach Darko, new guy. We know he's uh, green, first-time head, NBA head coach, head coach, known for player development. Um, what do you think it means for the Raptors, Marky? Um, possibly a rebuild. Um, or they have lots of, I think they think he was kind of like a hidden gem. And they could use, and like, they, they didn't, he wasn't really an option. Like, he, he wasn't listed as one of the coaches. So maybe they did that on purpose to just draw all the attention away from him. Yeah. Uh, I think that maybe their plan was, like, maybe he was a backup decision. Right. And maybe, like, they were trying to get Monty Williams or right. they were trying to get some, like, Dockers or something. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Coach Bud never got hired anywhere, right? I think he did. I don't I, have, I don't remember hearing that. But anyway, so you're th- you think that he wasn't their first choice, but nonetheless... Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, uh, he may have been their like their their second choice. Well, that's possible. Of course, we don't know. I'm, I'm not so sure. Think? Like, we had a list of who they were interviewing. Yeah, and Monty Williams was not on there. Yeah, and but he also got but snapped. I'm, I'm he just got, using he them got as snapped like, up pretty quick. Yeah, right? but but I'm just using them like him as just like an example. They had like. Tons of sure, coaches sure. that were like everybody. Possible. Every coach is potential, and any fired coach is potential to go to any other team. Just because they did an interview doesn't mean that there wasn't a window before. Like mm-hmm. it could have been like, "Hey, we should try to interview Monty Williams," and then the team's like, "Ah, word is he's locked in with those other team. They have inside info, yeah, so they don't bother going down that road." But if you say second, like they could have all the coaches they interviewed they could have hired right none of them none of them got well, and as far as we so. know they put an offer on the table and they were turned down like we don't know right yeah i guess but i i mean the other thing is is that sometimes and i you know there's all these rules governing this stuff where it's like um maybe they just simply were like maybe they had their eye on him and didn't like he's already gainfully employed with uh um you know with memphis and they just thought we have to be ready with the exact offer we're going to make to him. We have our eyes on him and we don't want anyone else to get a hold of this guy yeah. and we're going this direction. But obviously he's not a win now selection for head coach. He's a first time head coach, as I said, with a, with, with a reputation for player development. So my real question is what do you think it means for the roster for um, and for next season and for the future seasons for the for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. What do you think the team philosophy is now? I don't think it's a full rebuild. I think it's going to be a bit of a mix. Mm-hmm. We already know the Raptors are going to have the 13th pick. Yeah. So we know we're going to have a pretty good prospect that's going to need um, developing. And it seems like we are angling to try to get a higher pick as well. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we'll see. I would absolutely love if we had the third pick. Yeah, because I think Scoot Henderson is has a like a lot of potential, potentially but more the, than Brandon Miller. Yeah, but the Trailblazers are just like the Trailblazers. They, the they seem to just like not want to give up the third pick. For, yeah. and they're they need being so bummy about it. Like you guys, yeah. we know you desperately want a good player to help out Dame. But what did you say that deal that was on the table? It, it was. I don't think it's no longer on the table. No, I'm not talking for the Raptors. I'm talking the when they talk. Weren't you saying? Uh, Oh no, maybe it was. I was thinking of the the Heat, the Bradley Beal going to the oh. Heat. But they the thing is, I've heard that Dame doesn't want to wait for like whoever it is. No, the third he round doesn't. Pick. He doesn't want to wait for that player to develop. He's like, win now. Yeah, he's like, well, make me happy now. So obviously think, that is on the table. What I think it is is like, I think Skew Henderson could come to the league and like be rookie of the year, 
but then just like for the rest of his career, averaged like 16.5 points or something yeah, like that. That's just so, you, obviously, you don't know anything about him. Well, no, that's because it's kind of a no, random sure, sure. No, say. No, yeah. what, no, well, the yeah, reason, no, the reason I'm saying this, players the reason I'm up. saying this is because I think he's going to have a really strong rookie season, but because <laughs> because he was that? just playing professional basketball, so he already has a yeah. taste for it. Of the pro, yeah. So he might be really strong right off the bat as a player, but Brandon Miller, it might take longer for him to develop. But then he might become a much better player. So you think Brandon Miller is going to be better in the long yes, run? Yes, I, yeah. I, I think yeah. like, that's yes, fine. Think but again, re- regardless of that, Scoot Henderson as Rookie of the Year on uh, on Portland does not equal an NBA championship, which is I think Damian Lillard's beef, right? So he's like, if you want to keep me, package this third pick with Anthony Simons or whoever, and go get whoever to help us win now or be contenders now. That's yeah. what he wants. Is the like? I mean, I don't know if they're going to do it. And can the Raptors make an offer that will make that happen? It doesn't seem like that's the case. So, yeah, I don't know. I if we did actually offer Siakam for the third round pick and just Simons, I feel like we'd be losing that trade. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I think OG for. Uh, Simons and the third pick would be reasonably fair. Yeah. All right. Well, aside from that stuff, like let's let's just I'm going to ask you guys point blank, and you just give me a yes or no. So I'll do one at a time. Um, will Fred Van Vliet still be in a Raptors uniform at the end of next season, Spency? Uh, yeah. Marky. No. All right. Will Pascal Siakam be in a Raptors jersey by the end of next season, Spency? Yes. Marky? No. And what about uh, Gary Trent Jr.? No. Mm. Not what you want, what you think will happen. No, I don't think. So you think they're getting, like, they're, they are going to clear, basically, like. Yeah, well, I think they're going to try to make a big trade for Siakam to get some good players. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, we don't have any power over Freddie. We might do a sign-in trade or something like that. Yeah, I could see if sign. I, I I think that like, I I think they're going to try to sign Freddie just because they don't. It's it's they're going to make give him what he wants, and then be willing to trade him anyway. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah, that's what I, I feel I like OG's going to have to leave though. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let me, what do you think, Marky Man? What about OG? I think OG actually wants to leave too. Right. But yeah, I mean, I guess not. No, I guess he's not staying. With yeah. Members. Right. So basically the, the the core, like the starting, basically you think what effectively amounts to the starting five, with the exception of like Pirtle and Scotty, um, are gone. Yep. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Well, um, we, we're, we're the draft. I think right, we'll make, um, we'll do like a quick little bonus episode sort of after we, the NBA draft happens, which is next um, Thursday, I think. So we'll talk about that, and that'll be our, like our our official capper on the 2023 season. Um, looking ahead to next season, we can talk about that. Um, but for now, uh, let's turn back the shot clock and Euro step our way into the past for time travel trivia. Now, this is a very simple question, um, but difficult one in a lot of ways um just another interesting fact about this year's nba finals is that the heat became the first i'm pardon me the 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 heat became the third team in nba history to finish last in points per game during the regular season and reach the nba finals okay so which is pretty remarkable so by they they had the worst offense arguably um in the regular season but still made the finals well, my question for you is what year was the last time a team with the worst points per game in the regular season made the NBA finals and bonus points if you can say what team but what year Spencey uh, I feel like I have the team in mind I just need to figure out the year alright we'll say just then you can say okay well I was going to say the Pistons in 1980. You mean the year they won in 89? 89, yeah. 
believe they won 89 and then 90, and then the Bulls' first one was 91. I think that's how it goes. So, no, it was not that. And it was, I, I don't know if either of these teams actually won the final, but it was much longer ago than that. So what year do you think it was, Marky Man? 1958. No, but very close. Much closer. Well, there was two teams that, it, that that had done it, and it was in between the two dates. So I'll give you one more guess, and then I'll tell you. 1968. Okay, well, the last team to finish last in points per game uh, during the regular season and end up and end up reaching the NBA Finals was the 1964 San Francisco Warriors, which essentially is the mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors. Uh, the last time before that was the um, 1956 Fort Wayne Pistons. So that's hmm. who the Detroit Pistons were before they're there. So it's extremely rare. So it's weird in this era. What I think is remarkable about that in this era of like, as we say, offense, 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 that the worst offensive team in the East made the finals because they suddenly they played really they played pretty tenacious defense a lot of the time mm-hmm. and also like up their offensive game. Yeah. So does that mean that even these so-called bad offensive teams are really just like not as bad as we think they are? Like, what does that even mean? Or maybe they're just not trying as Yeah, I think there's some, like, like, there's just bad teams that are just yeah. bad on both ends. But I think you can't win the NBA championship unless you're an elite defensive team, I think. Like, I agree. But even people said the Nuggets aren't a great defensive team, but I think that's, they're that's not really super true. underrated on defense. Yeah. Um, and even guys like Jokic are underrated on defense. They do, they, yeah, he's not getting, like, these super athletic blocks mm-hmm. and stuff, but... I think he's, you know, and he does occasionally get into foul trouble, but I think he makes guys think twice just because of how big and sc- yeah. strong and scary he is. Like, you know, yeah. he messes with offensive setups for sure. But anyway, um, I thought that was an interesting stat because just because of the offensive era we're in, but nonetheless, this team, like this hasn't happened in like 50 years that a team that's that bad in the regular season on offense has made the finals. And it happened at a year where like, the offense is off the charts. So it kind of like messes everything up in terms yeah. of these trends. Like these trends that we say, oh, it's like this now. And then something completely against the trend happens at the same time. It really makes you think that the NBA is like very much in flux and all these different trends mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, can be challenged. Anyway, fellas, uh, next week it'll be, uh, we'll, we'll analyze the draft and that'll be it for this season. And then we'll be publishing some bonus episodes possibly over the summer, but we'll be taking a little bit of time off. So uh, until then, listeners, take it easy. See ya. All right. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs>